Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And do you know the true story of the little green man found in Georgia? Now, this is a strange one that I've known for years. And just recently, my friend, author David Weatherly, brought this story up. He brought it to my attention because, weirdly enough, this was just covered recently in a retrospective piece in the Washington Post by a writer named Dustin Waters. And, you know, very few people know this occurred. And it's it's been featured on some TV programs here and there. But I'm willing to bet that most of you listening have never heard this before. So here we go. Here is the story. And this is true, okay? This happened on July 8th of 1953 in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's about 66 years ago in the American Southeast. As a matter of fact, I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina, about a three or you know three and a half or four hour drive north of there. Now Asheville is up in the mountains, but Atlanta, Georgia is is hot and flat. So anyway, here it is, 1953. A police officer named Shirley Brown. Now that's spelled S-H-E-R-L-E-Y, Shirley Brown. This would have been a man, even though Shirley is more commonly a woman's name. This would have been a man because the Atlanta Police Department did not start letting women go on regular beats until 1957. So we're talking about 1953. So Officer Shirley Brown was patrolling at night and drove up on a really weird scene. Cars parked on the side of a desolate paved road. Headlights crisscrossing the lanes where all these cars had pulled off and they're sort of focusing their headlights on something. And there are people standing around gawking at the road with flashlights. I mean, it obviously looked like some kind of a crime scene. So when Officer Brown walked up, he found this small group of very excited people. And guess what they were looking at? In the middle of the road was a tiny, weird, hairless, humanoid figure clearly dead and so when the officer asked what the fuck is going on here a 28 year old man a barber in town named Edward Waters stepped up and said that he was driving down that road with a couple of his younger buddies Tom who was 20 and Arnold who was 19 and they screamed for him to stop and he slammed on his brakes but it was too late he hit something and then to their amazement as they're sitting there on the road they see in the headlights these two little humanoid figures only a few feet tall just go racing away frantically quote running like men end quote that's what they said to a red craft in the middle of the road there right in front of them they got into this craft 
and the craft lifted up and shot off into the sky as it turned a shade of blue and now they have this little dead naked body in the road and its skin had a greenish tinge I mean can you imagine (laughs) seriously can you imagine being a police officer in 1953 before you've been exposed to all the science fiction stuff that you and I have been exposed to on your normal routine kind of patrol and you just come up on this scene I mean what a, what a freakish mind-blowing experience this would be so that's not all in the road up ahead where they said the craft had been there was a big black charred circle scorched on the pavement everyone could clearly see it you can imagine nowadays all the cell phones would have been out people have been live streaming this so yeah there was quickly a lot of chaos on the scene and it turns out to, to, to emphasize this even more turns out this was in the middle of a huge ufo flap I mean, it had been in the news for months all around that area. People seeing weird things flying around. And in fact, Waters, the guy who was driving, who said he hit this little thing. Of course, he'd heard rumors about UFO cover-ups and was apparently so concerned that this may get covered up that he himself, as soon as he could, he called the big newspaper at the time, the Atlanta Constitution. It's now the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, but at that time it was the Atlanta Constitution. He called them up and reported what had happened. Well, the press hit this hard. (laughs) It exploded. For the next three days, these three guys, you know, Waters and his buddies, I mean, they were giving tons of interviews about the the so-called man from Mars, and Atlanta was just whipped into an even bigger ufo hysteria so in the meantime this thin hairless body was confiscated by the authorities and taken to the prestigious emory university for analysis by expert biologist and uh, anatomist and uh, one of them one of these uh, scientists a guy named dr marion hines told the authorities quote if it came from Mars, they have monkeys on Mars, end quote. Because all the scientists who looked at this little specimen, they all agreed that this, this was some kind of a distorted rhesus monkey. You know, the little rhesus monkeys that are commonly used in scientific experiments and all that. They had no doubt that's what was happening here. This was some kind of a monkey. So the authorities, they started questioning Waters and his buddies and putting pressure on them, and it it did not take long for this 28-year-old barber to crack. And he said, okay, okay, here's what really happened. So during a card game, Waters, now this is a card game with his buddies, Waters took a $10 bet one night that he could get his picture in the papers. That's how all this started. Somehow or other, who knows 
what conversation led to this, but he bet his buddies, I can get my picture in the paper. So shortly afterward, he went into a pet shop in Atlanta and purchased a live rhesus monkey for $50. I think you see where this is going. And, and, and it's even weird to think that, you know, in the 50s, you could just walk into a pet shop and buy a monkey. That's not very common. So he goes in there and he buys this live monkey for 50 bucks. He gave the cashier a $4 bribe to keep the transaction private. Now, how weird would that be? Okay, you're you're in a pet store, you're working there, and a man comes in and says, I'll take a monkey, any monkey, just give me a damn monkey, you know? And then he slips some cash and says, now listen, this here monkey purchase is just between you and me. You got that, partner? Now, that would be some weird shit. Now, you don't think the cashier is going to immediately go and tell everybody about that, like saying, Jesus, what the... What the hell is this guy going to do with that monkey? You know, I mean, I, he was already off to a bad start there. So anyway, here we go. Here's what he did. So back at Waters' house, he and his buddies, they stuffed uh, a rag soaked with ether over this little monkey's face, just like you've seen in the movies. At least they did that. And that, of course, made the monkey pass out. They would use ether back in the old days for emergency surgeries before we had proper anesthesia. So they, so they put this rag over the monkey's face. The monkey passes out. And then they hit it in the head with a bottle. Okay. Pal, monkey skull cracked, monkey dead. And next, they cut off its tail. And then they used a hair removal product uh, along with plenty of plucking and stuff until the thing was hairless. And as the last finishing touch, they rubbed green food coloring all over the little corpse to give it that alien sheen. And they said, look at that. That's our alien right there, boys. This is going to get me in the newspaper. So that night, before it could get to uh, stinking too bad, you know, they drove out to this secluded road, and they used a blowtorch on the road to create a circle on the pavement. And then they placed the monkey on the road, and they just stood there next to their car with flashlights, you know, waiting for a few motorists to come by and witness the scene. And uh, turns out it was sheer luck that Officer Brown happened to be driving along that route at the time and see what was happening. I mean, perfect timing. But even after the story came out, you know, after the guy spilled the beans and said, here's what happened, it was a hoax, it was a bet there were still plenty of people in Atlanta who did not want to believe that. There was one veterinarian who made a public spectacle saying, listen, guys, that thing is not of this earth. I'm pretty sure that's a quote. That thing is not of this earth. But, of course, you know, they were now all all the people there, you know, they were wrapped up in this, this hall of mirrors 
not knowing whether or not this was just another cover-up. And you can understand how you would feel if you were in that situation, especially at that time when we didn't have this level of you know, information and mass communication that we often take for granted nowadays. But eventually, eventually, the public by and large accepted the truth of what had happened here and they were pissed. For a number of reasons. The cruelty of what he'd done, the meaningless of what he'd done, you know, going out there and duping people. and There were some people who said, oh, you know, yeah, that was a good joke. It shows you how stupid, meaningless. But, I mean, most people were pissed. But now, legally, legally, what do you think happened to Waters? I want to ask. I want you to ask yourself. You know, what if you did this today? What if you went out? You got a monkey somehow. You killed the monkey for no good reason. You just killed this monkey for this stupid prank. You do all this fucked up shit to the monkey. You and your buddies, you go out there. You put it down. You blowtorch the pavement, which is public land. You know, and you know, falsify this whole situation. I mean, you would be thinking, for one thing, yeah, you'd probably get tarred and feathered in your own community, but you'd think you might be even going to jail or something, you know? So here's what happened. Legally, Waters was given a five-minute court hearing. The only charge was for violating a Georgia health and sanitation law that prohibited dumping a carcass on the highway that was it i mean he was he amazingly to me he was not filed uh, excuse me he was not charged for you know like filing a false report or fraud or damaging the public property or any of that just dumping a carcass on the highway and so his only sentence was to pay a 40 dollar fine and with various court costs and all that, they say all together he probably paid a little bit over $100. But guess what? He got that $10. He won in the bet. Yet you better believe he won that bet. And that was it. That was the only penalty for this guy doing all that and wasting everybody's time. And yet... Still, the public did not take so kindly to Waters. I mean, he was mocked so much that two months later, he had to move out of town. He opened up a new barber shop in Birmingham, Alabama, tried to start over there. Who knows whether or not this story haunted him. But a few years later, he tried moving back to Atlanta, but things had not changed much he was still being ridiculed as the monkey man wherever he went and he said to a reporter around that time he said quote it got to be a big joke you know but jokes can go too far end quote yeah tell me about it asshole and so that incident that happened 66 years ago 
is a great example of the extent to which some people will go to fool the public. And that's why as a professional paranormal investigator, you have to be very careful. You may want to believe, and yet as they say, keep an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. And if you want to see what this Martian monkey looks like today, it's easy. Just go to Wikipedia and do a search for Martian monkey. Or you can just go to Google and search for Martian monkey wiki. And I'm sure an article you know, will pop up. You'll, you'll find a picture easily because to this day, the poor little Martian monkey is a wet specimen in a big jar of liquid there on display in the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Mini Museum, which I believe is in Decatur, Georgia, which is maybe about a 20-minute drive from Atlanta. So, pretty weird story, huh? And, and a great lesson on many levels. Also shows you how much times have changed for the better, I believe. But, I, you know, I remember that that case was even covered uh, in a segment on an episode of the Mysteries at the Museum on the Travel Channel. Love that show. Great show. I don't know why they haven't been to the Asheville Mystery Museum yet. We need to make that happen. But, uh, you know, hey, thanks again to author David Weatherly for bringing to my attention that the Washington Post recently did this uh, article uh, about this topic as a retrospective, but obviously I have just given you my telling of the story based upon everything I've learned from multiple sources over the years in addition. But uh, hey, listen, anyway, tomorrow night uh, I am scheduled to interview Steve Barone, you know him, about some real phenomena ufos over vegas if you if you want to get prepared for this go to youtube and look at his channel called ufos over vegas there's a lot of content there a lot of amazing stuff that he has captured from his incredible viewpoint there on his deck on the edge of the las vegas valley and when you look at some of his authentic footage you may have to ask yourself whether or not little green men are even flying inside these things or if they are part of a much stranger life form and technology so i hope you enjoyed that story you know there's much more to come but that's it for today's podcast and also a lot of people have been taking advantage of the cyber monday sale on wishing machines we're going to keep that going for a while where you can go to wishingmachineproject.com and buy any of those machines or anything that's linked up to it, even like the Use the Force machine, which is the Rolls-Royce of wishing machines. You can buy any of those and get a discount if when you hit the Add to Cart button, it says Enter Promo Code and you enter code D10BBB. That's like D as in dog, one zero. BBB as in boy, boy, boy. D10BBB. That's your promo code. And you can say, and a lot of people all over the world are taking advantage of this, and you should as well. WishingMachineProject.com, 
wishingmachineproject.com. If you want to contact me or if you want to know more about the amazing updates and experiments and footage and all this kind of stuff that I'm <laughs> that I'm all constantly swirling within, go to my website joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the p, joshuapwarren.com. While you're there, check out the curiosity shop and click the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short, always free, commercial-free, independent, uncensored. You can subscribe through various means, or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.